0: Welcome all to AP World History. I'm um, Mr. Hall and I'm here with Mr. Kleinman. Mr. Kleinman and we're here to talk to you today about Judaism. That's right. <laughs> so it's an important topic um, and it's a foundational topic that could also help us understand uh, developments as we get further into the course. So Mr. Kleinman is pretty well-rounded with regards to Judaism and he'll begin. So. Um, why don't you tell us about Judaism, its foundations?
1: Uh, one thing I wanted to start by saying, Mr. Carbajal, is although the class starts at 1200, like we have told our students, um, we, feel, we felt that um, it would benefit them to learn a little bit about uh, relig- major religions like Judaism just because of the influence they had. right? Mm-hmm. And that way, as we move forward uh, and we learn about cultures and things like that, these details will hopefully make more sense
0: yeah and i mean and there's obviously uh, a connection between the three major world religions of judaism christianity and islam and i mean judaism is the first one right so we should be able to have a a good understanding of it
1: of those western monotheistic religions we can say or near eastern so mr carbajal i think one thing that would be helpful to students as we talked about is understanding that if you're going to talk about judaism easier to understand it in kind of three phases. You know, Judaism is old enough that, you know, thousands of years old, depending on how you want to count it, that the further back you get when you start talking about the origins, what I might call the first phase of Judaism, we have a real question of what is the story versus what is the history, right?
0: So can you elaborate a little bit on that? With regards yeah, so,
1: to the story? So let's, so when we start, when I'm I'm talking about the origin story of Judaism, we have to understand that in a lot of sense, we're gonna talk about what the what the Hebrew Bible says happened. And there's a lot of debate over how much of this can be proven by the archeological or historical record. So according to the, so we'll start with what the story says, um, how the religion understands its founding. Um, And in that regard, it starts with a city called Ur of the Chaldees, which is, I think, a great name for a band. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's a Sumerian city-state, so kind of in modern-day Iraq. And in or of the Chaldees, there lived a man named Abram, A B R A M, Abraham. Yeah. And uh, Abram was a monotheist. He believed that there was one God, which did not make him super popular, because most people at the time believed in many gods, including local deities, things like that.
0: Yeah, he still had, like, animism and and that kind of stuff going on. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And a lot of idol worship, you know, so not only did you have a lot of gods, but you would definitely display those gods in some way. He wasn't into any of that. He thought there's one god and you shouldn't really build an idol that looked like God, right? Yeah. So he wasn't popular for that. uh, But God, the Judeo, the Jewish, the person that we're going to, you know, the deity that we're going to identify as the Jewish god the singular monotheistic God, revealed himself to Abram and said, you're right, there's only one God, it's me. <laughs> uh, you're you're obviously wise and righteous because you understand this and everyone else doesn't. You should leave this place and uh, you should then go with your family to this place called Kanaan. I'm gonna bless you and you're gonna have a lot of um, children and descendants and you're gonna create a great nation and that great nation will be people who understand that there's one God. Yeah. So that's kind of the beginning. So Abram's like, okay, well, I'm gonna do that, right? So he takes his family, he goes all the way from kind of modern day Iraq to an area called, that at the time we would call Kanaan, which is basically modern day Israel-Palestine, if you're looking on a map today. Yeah. And uh, he kind of settles there in, in the desert, Living kind of a Bedouin lifestyle. And it's in this period that Judaism starts establishing some of like the original founding norms according to the story. So God establishes a covenant with God with Abram, um, which is to say like a promise between the two of them that he'll follow certain tenets and rules, and God in turn will there will be benefits and that and that there's a kind of a mutual relationship to this. Religion, yeah. Right. That's the covenant. So follow the rules and things will be good, give or take. Um, that's where. So circumcision is kind of the original covenant. So all the males in Abram's household were circumcised as part of this promise to God that you're going to follow new rules. And God blessed Abram with a new name, Abraham, or Abraham, which we generally translate as a father of many nations. Right. So that's kind of part of that promise that there's going to be a lot of descendants and benefits to worshipping the one God.
0: Are people already um, recognizing or identifying themselves as Jews or um, how do people start to basically identify with the new religion?
1: That's a great question, Mr. Carball, and the answer is no, they don't. Uh, At this point, it's kind of a family religion. It's just Abraham, his household, his nephew Lot, he shows up in the Bible, things like that. So this is a real fledgling thing. He's kind of on his own a little bit at this point in the story uh, in believing in this one God. Yeah. So there's no Judaism. There's just Abraham, his family, and his conversations with God. That's kind of this point in the Bible. Now, where it gets a little tricky, but there's an interesting part in the story, is that, well, Abraham's supposed to have all these descendants, right? That's what God promised. But his wife, Sarah, is barren. So like 10 years into this relationship with God and having moved to Canaan, well, there's no kids, so it's kind of a problem, right? Yeah. So Sarah says, okay, well, I have this handmaiden. Her name is Hagar. Why don't you try to conceive a child with her and then we can get this ball rolling, right? Yeah. So he does that. Hagar gets pregnant. She gives birth to a son named Ishmael. And that works for a while. But eventually, Sarah actually becomes pregnant herself and gives birth to a son named Isaac about 14 years after Ishmael is born. And they have a little bit of a conflict because Sarah is Abraham's wife. She finally has a son... One day she sees Ishmael teasing Isaac and she tells Abraham to get rid of Ishmael and Hagar. Abraham's not sure what to do. He talks to God. God says, Yeah, Isaac, born of your wife Sarah, he's the chosen one to kind of continue this covenant. But don't worry too much about Ishmael. He'll be the, you know, he will start his own nation. His people will also be fruitful and they will create their own nation. And we'll, we'll come back to them when we talk about uh, a particular other religion. So, yeah. from. Yeah. So from Isaac, this is where you start getting through the lineage. So Isaac has, t- you know, Isaac has two sons, um, Jacob and Esau. Jacob has 13 sons, famously <laughs> Joseph, and um, 12 other children. And we could say the descendants of these 12 children, in particular, form what we might call the 12 tribes of Israel. And to your earlier question, Mr. Carbohal, at this point we might refer to this now larger group of people who worship one God. You might call them Israelites. So we still yeah. wouldn't call them Jews, but we're kind of formed now like a familial, a large clan of people who are in the Near East. So kind of moving between Egypt and Israel-Palestine in modern terms, they believe in this one God. They're all descendants from Abraham and uh, we would call them Israelites.
0: Yeah, and it's funny how you bring in the, the whole 12 tribes uh, of Israel um because even i know like in my field in latin america later on when they discovered native americans they were unsure and i know that was one of the theories that they might be the lost tribe of jews right like that somehow they ended up there in the americas so it's just so it's just to show that link that you know judaism does have this long lasting legacy across different cultures and different areas
1: absolutely that's a theme that comes up in multiple religions i believe the mormons have a similar belief involving native peoples right that they yeah. might be a lost tribe of Israel. I believe Rastafarianism deals with this question as well. Our
0: African lost tribes. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. So uh, yeah, Israelites are popular that way. Everyone wants to be part of the twelve tribes.
0: We go from this origin story, right? And then um, what happens next, right? How does the religion invo- evolve? How does Israelites, how do they start to become Jews?
1: Yeah, so students may or may not be familiar with the Exodus story. Maybe they've seen the movie Ten Commandments. But somewhere along the way, these Israelites get enslaved in Egypt and they, uh, in very dramatic events as told in the Bible, they get led by a man named Moses. They're led out of exile, uh, slavery in Egypt. They wander the desert for 40 years. And they ultimately established themselves in what's called the Promised Land, which is really back to Canaan, that same area where Abraham settled, but now more centrally around uh, the city of Jerusalem. And they found a kingdom there, or a series of kingdoms really, kind of in the general area of Israel, Palestine, Jordan, we might say in modern terms and this is where we actually now the exodus is a really hotly debated question in in historical terms whether or not we can prove that happened but once you get these kingdoms we're starting to get into the actual what i would call the historical record some of these jewish kingdoms are provable they have they made coins and there are you know are archaeological evidence of their existence and i might call this the second phase of understanding jewish history what we might call temple judaism so a jewish religion centered around a thing called The Temple, capital T, capital T, The Temple, a a central place of worship where you do all the rituals um, that involve, you know, um, believing in God, basically, and worshiping God. And you have a priest class and everything centers around this place, Jerusalem and this temple, basically. So now we're actually getting into kind of historical record, really, and these Jewish kingdoms. But in some ways, it comes to dominate this area. Some of these Jewish kingdoms do kind of dominate the whole Near East and expand out from one city-state to really what we would, call, what we would think of as a kingdom, right? Yeah. Uh, kind of establishing these ideas. And it's worth noting that um, around this time, maybe in the 6th century BCE, so in the 500s BCE, uh, no, sorry, yeah, the, the 6th century BCE is when the Babylonian uh, Empire Conquers these Jewish kingdoms and kicks all of the what we might now start calling Jews out of their kingdom and moves them all around their own empire. So they conquer the area, they defeat these Jewish kingdoms, especially the kingdom of Judah, they move all the people out. And this is the first time these Jews have to really think about how does the religion going to look, how is it going to work when we're not next to the temple anymore? It's when they start to think about this question. But Uh, Ultimately, an even bigger empire comes around the Persian Empire. They conquer the Babylonian Empire and all the Jews who had been exiled. They kind of go up to the Persian emperor and they say, hey, do you mind if we go back? And the Persian emperor says, yeah, sure. Go for it. So they go (laughs) back. Yeah, they go back and they build a second temple. Right. They kind of go back to worshiping the religion in one spot, centering it all around this temple and the kind of temple style of Judaism really continues until the Roman Empire comes around. Conquers the region again. No. And uh, it's really there where we start to see some other influences coming.
0: So, does this lead us to like a new phase of Judaism? Or, I mean, how do we get to what Judaism is basically today, right? Through that history?
1: Yeah. So, the Roman Empire, you know, uh, Jews never got along very well in the Roman Empire. Um, They were not willing to do everything the Roman Empire asked of them. There were a bunch of rebellions and it's kind of an interesting time for Judaism and really the Near East in general because you have this Roman influence, you have a lot of Greek thought, what we might call Hellenistic thought from the Greek conquerings of the area earlier, kicking around, you have this Roman influence, you have these Jews who had had multiple kingdoms and then we're now under control of the Romans. A lot of things are brewing, and it's in kind of this mix that we kind of have the, the melting pot that Christianity comes out of, which I think we'll learn about in another podcast. But um, ultimately, the Romans get sick of the Jewish rebellions and, like the Babylonians before, decide to destroy the temple, in this case the second temple, and kick all the Jews out of the area again. Um, We might, Jews refer to this as the diaspora, and it's really in this period when Jews get kicked out, kind of permanently at this point, or for a long time, from the area by the Romans and the temples destroyed, that the religion again thinks of how is it going to survive in a world where there is no temple, you can't be in the place, you can't be in Jerusalem anymore, you know, is the religion going to die or will it survive? And ultimately, kind of, it changes. Uh, And this is where we enter what I might call the third phase, what we call Rabbinical Judaism. And Rabbinical Judaism really starts, you know, in the hundreds of years after the diaspora, after the Romans kicked them all out of Jerusalem and destroyed the Second Temple, and really in some way, shape, or form continues until this day. So it's a Judaism that doesn't rely on worshiping a monotheistic God in one place. The rituals no longer require being at the temple, because the temple doesn't exist. It's really about local communities, um, local leaders, local kind of spiritual religious leaders called rabbis. It involves a lot of questioning the text of the Bible, interpretation. It really becomes a a more spiritual, community-oriented religion. And it's that religion that pops up over and over again in history.
0: Yeah, that's interesting, too, because when you think about it, like diaspora, obviously the, the first word that comes to mind is is Jewish people. Right. But that is a word that, you know, we use for for other um, basically diasporas. Right. Where We have the, the African diaspora, the Latin American diaspora and stuff like that. So, um,
1: yeah, Armenians in Southern California will often refer to themselves as living in a diaspora as well.
0: Yeah. And all that means is just, you know, people living away from their homeland, but still trying to maintain a sense of community and belonging, um, which is basically what Jewish people did through their faith, right? And that's the way that Judaism really helped um, these people, like, keep their identity, uh, even though they are living in exile.
1: Absolutely. And I think, you know, from the point of this class, in terms of the history after 1200, you know, I don't want to make it sound like Mr. Carball that once Judaism becomes rabbinical Judaism, that it stops changing. Of course, it changes a lot. Over yeah. 800 years, it splits into many sects and there's lots of different um, ways of thinking. But um, Jewish people to some degree or another do maintain a kind of sense of community, right? And a, and a belief in this religion. And that, you know, over history in many different places around the world um, has influence, has, you know, has its own intellectual and religious influence on other peoples and places, and it also unfortunately causes friction at times. Uh, definitely something that's going to come up throughout mm-hmm. the class. Okay, Mr. Kleiman, so,
0: um, so thank you. This was a very interesting and enlightening conversation over Judaism and its foundations, especially because we can see that there's a lot of things that we're going to study that link back to this earlier history right especially because it is a monotheistic uh, religion so uh thank you any words that you would like to uh leave us with
1: yeah i think if nothing else um something that should be helpful to students is understanding um when they learn about christianity and islam the ways in which they are strongly linked to judaism both in terms of historical development and uh ideas
0: well thank you thank and, you very um, much we'll see you too
1: bye-bye